You're listening to Kika's Corner on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Amihente, hello, and welcome to Kika's Corner. My name is Kika Matos, and I am your host. Uh, the goal for this show is to focus on interesting topics and people, social justice issues, and maybe a scandal or two. But always, 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 whatever we talk about, we'll always have a New Haven edge. French author André Morois once said that art is an effort to create, beside the real world, a more humane world. Today we're going to talk about art and social justice and the power of art to move people. Given the times that we're in and the suffering of some communities, especially immigrant and refugees community, refugee communities, we need every medium that we have to fight against the outrageous civil and human rights violations being carried out by this administration. In the studio with me today is Jill Standard, who is an award-winning photographer, director, and internationally known artist with a really, really impressive list of clients and awards. Uh, for the last year, Joe has been hanging out in New Haven, uh, working on a project called We Are a Nation of Immigrants that will soon launch. And I have had the honor and pleasure of working with Joe and getting uh, to know him a little bit uh, more. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kika. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. So tell us, um, before we launch into the We Are a Nation of Immigrants project, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as an artist. Uh, myself and my work as an artist began uh, when I was in college uh, during a uh, very exciting and very different independent study of experiential education where we lived and worked in uh, different parts of the country. Uh, as part of a course. So I worked in the assembly lines in Detroit for two months and lived with a black auto worker there. Uh, I lived and worked with a hog farmer in Iowa and a coal miner in Kentucky. And from that, I developed a real love of other people and uh, wanting to gain a sense of who they are, what their lives are like, and sharing that. How old were you then? When you got sent out to explore the real world, explore the real world, <laughs> and experience what it's like living the lives of very different people. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was uh, nineteen. Uh, it was a, an extraordinary experience and extraordinary uh, insights into how America works. Uh, we'd see coal miners in Kentucky uh, who had uh, worked the mines, and when um, going got tough, they all had to join up to. Detroit to join their families and work in the auto factories. So they went back and forth. And you saw parts of America um, that just, uh, you know, you don't you read about a little bit, the disappearance of the family farm, the growth of the huge agribusiness, uh, all things like that that impact um, our way of life. And how did that transition into your work as a photographer and an artist? I... I took a camera along. My mother gave me a camera just kind of selfishly to say, you know, we want to see where you've been, what's, what you've been doing. And where are you from originally? I'm from Michigan. Detroit. Okay. I'm from Detroit. Okay. Um, and um, so I photographed. Uh, I stopped in town and picked up a, a Kodak Here's How book, studied, studied, and uh, more every town I went into, I got another 
manual to uh, digest and fell in love with the whole process of photography and uh, decided uh, to explore that. I remember waking up on a, the hog farm on a very cold day and it just snowed uh, and I stepped outside to see the very flat plains of of Iowa and, um, you know, the beautiful, uh, beautiful sky and the tractor tracks made by the snow. And I just started to pursue making images that were pleasing to me. They weren't, look back now, they weren't so great, but back <laughs> then they were pretty good. <laughs> but tell me, you, you, you became a hugely successful commercial photographer. So talk to me about what that was like. I think you had a studio in New York, is that right? right. Because I want to I want to try to figure out what the trajectory has been of your work um, because at some point in time, and we'll get to that later, you transitioned from being a hugely successful commercial photographer into doing social justice work, which is how you and I have met. But tell me a little bit about what your life was like as somebody who made money doing art. <laughs> well, it was... Uh... It was a little bit of a shock to all of us. Uh, my father, when I said I wanted to be a photographer, uh, jaw dropped, and he thought this is probably my worst idea ever. But I um, got a job uh, teaching initially uh, in high school, and from that I transitioned to, uh, I applied to the National Park Service and got a job in Alaska photographing the national parks. Uh, spectacular two-year commitment uh, two summers, I should say. We traveled all over the state by helicopter or float plane, uh, canoe or kayak, and um, and just went crazy photographing the wild environment uh, and uh, natural the animals and uh, flora and fauna. Very difficult uh, survival, uh, very difficult terrain. There's no trails. There's no nothing up there. Just, okay. Just emptiness. And... Um, after that, I decided uh, I loved the wilderness, but I didn't know how I could make a living doing that, so I headed to New York and uh, pursued uh, photography. I worked for a, a couple of great, uh, well-known photographers as an assistant, and kind of my, worked my way up in the studio system there, and um, uh, eventually just went off on my own working for magazines like Glamour and Mademoiselle and House and Garden. Uh, and that was a very, very uh, challenging, dedicated time. I just was passionate about being that, being a photographer, passionate about um, pushing myself to uh, sort of to the limits of um, exposing my work to other people, which sort of wasn't a natural thing for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, following it up with. Uh, eventually getting jobs and, uh, uh, and building a career. Which photographer most inspired you? Uh, there are a bunch. I worked for, uh, the photographer I worked for was Tony Petroselli, who was uh, a genius, uh, one of the very early advertising photographers uh, who um, made, a, uh, made these amazing images of groups of people and lifestyle. Um, and they're very, uh, they're very moving. Of course, I have my favorites like Ansel Adams at Edward Weston, the classics, uh, Edward Steichen, uh, and I, I think they all 
inspired a pursuit of excellence, uh, both in the dark room. We're talking film days now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, a real, they sort of inspired the uh, search for excellence and experimentation uh, and a discipline for the materials and constantly trying to uh, master uh, the darkroom and, and the camera. And I continued along since then as the world has become digital. Uh, it's uh, brought in a whole new set of challenges um, but I had a great time in uh, as an advertising photographer we photographed for the big corporations like Sony and General Electric and um, uh, American Express I did a lot of travel work uh, really around the country around the world for American Express and um, that uh, that exposure to other people and other cultures um, from other parts of the world uh, eventually led to the work I'm doing now uh, as I understood um, what uh, an immigrant, what foreign, how foreigners viewed the U S what opportunities they saw, what, why they would want to come here, what they didn't have at home. Uh, So all of those kinds of things. And as I, as I proceeded, uh, I kept, thinking uh, that my my life as an advertising photographer was very fulfilling, lots of fun uh, and satisfying, but there was a deeper desire to add to my community. Uh, and um, over time, I figured out how to do that. You're listening to Kika's Corner on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. Broadcast at 103.5 FM and live-streamed at newhavenindependent.org. So you've had an incredibly successful career working with um, companies that are very familiar with us doing something you love. So I have to ask the question, our paths have crossed as a result of a project that we're about to talk about, but why would an incredibly successful photographer care enough to devote his time and attention now to a social justice issue that is probably um, quite controversial as things go. And so let me ask you to share with me. So you, you know, did you close your studio? Yeah, I eventually closed my studio, yes. Okay, and then tell me how you got to where we are now with this Project War Nation of Immigrants. I want to try to get an understanding. You started talking about the experiences you had overseas um, with people who are not Americans and getting a perspective of how they saw the U.S. and and the challenges that you saw they faced with the societies that they lived in. Um, I meet you last year in New Haven, uh, and you tell me about this project that you're working on that you wanted to bring to New Haven. So tell me how you got to that place before I ask you to talk a little bit more about the project that we've been working on. Right. Uh, as um, sort of 2004 and 2005, uh, as I uh, had been in my business for about 25 years and I wanted a change, uh, I had values of, uh, that I wanted to explore. I wanted to photograph people, which I hadn't really done before. Um, 
And I wanted to get back to that original college experience where I was exposed uh, to people from different backgrounds and cultures. I find that very stimulating. And I had the notion that in some way I might be able to impact their lives through my photography. And I set about, um, I picked a, a city in Connecticut called New London. I set up a little pop-up studio there thinking that if I went to take a, I'll call it a dignified portrait uh, of somebody that I just encountered by happenstance on the street, I was just kind of curious. It was an experiment how I could impact their lives. And um, so I say a dignified portrait because I'm not a reporter. I'm not trying to show them uh, in their home or in their castle or in their hovel or any of that uh, or how, really uh, how they're dressed. But I, I really just focused on them as individuals, I put them against a plain background. And what did you say to them? Like, how did you get people to agree? Like, some <laughs> random stranger goes up to you and says, can I take your photograph? Yeah. What was it that compelled people to agree to be photographed? I must look really honest and uh, helpless or something, uh, because almost everybody accepted. Um, there were a few people that I was terrified of approaching. There was a, this huge motorcycle dude uh, dressed in his leathers um, that I just, it's such a great face, I had to go. Uh, ask him, and I thought, my God, he's just going to bang me over the head. But he turned out to be the nicest guy you can imagine. Uh, loves kids. He's uh, worked in a school during the during the weekdays and weekends. He's on his bike. So um, I I just uh, explored. I said, I'm I'm doing this project. It's about this city, and uh, we'd like like you to be a part of it. And I think they. Uh, were interested in being part of something. And what did you do with the photographs? And why Norwalk? Why Connecticut if you're from Michigan? <laughs> How do you end up in Norwalk, Connecticut? Well, it's it in New London. But, oh, okay. Um, I don't... How did I... Um, well, I came to New York to re- have my career. I was there for 30 years. I still, uh, still work out of New York a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, have a kind of a little escape hatch, a little house in Lyme, Connecticut. And so I got to know the area. I love the area. New London has beautiful architecture. Um, It's part of um, being, it's on a continual cusp of going through a renaissance. It's never quite making it, but uh, it is, uh, it's nevertheless trying. So I thought if I went to New London and, um, tried to show people what I saw in them, a sense of dignity, uh, certainly to share my respect for them, uh, that I might be able to sort of make a positive turn in how they view themselves. And um, I didn't really think about it in the beginning, but I took so many photographs. I took 300 portraits that um, uh, I impacted a lot of people. And when I took the photographs, I was all digital, and I gave them a copy so they could take something home. That was my thank you to to them. And uh, I put another copy up on my bulletin board in the studio. And that was, um, that grew and grew and grew. And as gallery owners and a museum 
director and so on came in and said, God, these are fabulous. Let's have a, an exhibition. Mm. And I thought, well, um, that sounds great to me as long as I can exhibit the things, the photographs, where I found the people, in other words, on the street. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people I photographed uh, didn't know about museums or were probably intimidated by art galleries. So it was important to me to just have the photos where I found the people. And where did the photos go up? They went all over. We went a little nuts in uh, New London. Uh, they went on the train station, 25 feet tall, uh, murals, two of them. Um, they were all around the city streets. We made these steel frames so you could be walking down the street and encounter a little cluster of, of my photographs. And uh, you wouldn't, from a distance, you didn't know really who was the real person and who was the photograph. So it was huh. kind of a play on reality or putting, uh, mixing people uh, up through photographs that normally wouldn't mix together. Um, and they were a total, they captured New London's diversity. And uh, how did people react when they saw the photographs in the community? Uh, it was outrageous. Uh, it was wonder- Good outrageous or, <laughs> or bad outrageous? <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Um, we had, uh, we declared a, a Friday night to be an opening and uh, the people of the city uh, got so excited about this, uh, I guess because I'd photographed so many of them, that they, uh, they came out in droves. They clustered in front of the, of the train station, probably two or three hundred, uh, for a speech by myself and the head of the Arts Commission for Connecticut, Jennifer Aniskovich. And um, um, then the, the music... New London's a big music city, and bands came out and just played on the corner. They played in all the galleries. There were a couple thousand people roaming around the streets, which normally have maybe 10 or 20 people on a Friday night. So it was was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. And a lot of people uh, uh, went and stood by their portraits so that, uh, you know, others could see them and their portrait together. They brought their families and their friends and neighbors. It was a a real happening. And now you're in New Haven, and it sounds like you are, you have adopted a similar model, but with a sharper focus. So talk to us a little bit about the We Are a Nation of Immigrants and where that idea came from and why New Haven? Um. Well, I'm lucky to have chosen New Haven because it's been a great experience. It's been, the people here have been very welcoming, um, very supportive of the mayor's welcoming city approach. It's a sanctuary city. Uh, it has a, a sort of an intellectual gravity, a gravitas that uh, I was uh, eager to be a part of. Um, and uh, the... The choices of, of why um, why I chose uh, to to make to move to a more specific narrowed my topic to that of immigrants was uh, part of the early experience I described of being in other countries and I kind of feel that that um, us lucky Americans take many of our freedoms for granted. And 
um, I was very desirous of capturing uh, the immigrants' passion, uh, their voice, uh, their dedication uh, to gaining freedoms for themselves. And I thought by starting a dialogue or opening that conversation, both Americans could learn from immigrants and immigrants uh, could learn from Americans. It was kind of a, um, you know, a, a win-win situation. And over time, over the last, I've been interested in this topic for about four years, five years, uh, the political climate has uh, escalated uh, to be very uh, negative and um, uh, distasteful. Uh, and it's really sort of almost anti-American. It's anti our heritage. Uh, it's why I call us, uh, it's, we're a nation of immigrants dating back from the earliest days. Uh, and we've continued with great pride um, and often with difficulty and are often challenges as different immigrant groups have come in. But nevertheless, uh, the country has always um, grown, improved, uh, and benefited by the uh, influx of, of immigrants. Uh, and now we're going through another influx, and it's a scary time in the world, but usually influxes come with scary times in the world. So um, that's, uh, that's why I took the, the, that turn towards... Uh, the focus on I'm going to ask you to get closer to the microphone so you don't fade out. And so you've been hanging out in New Haven for how long now? It's been almost a year, is that right? Almost a year. Okay. I came, um, uh, let's see, I came last April, so just about exactly a year ago, and uh, with the idea of wanting to do something here but not knowing really anything about New Haven, um, I was introduced uh, very quickly to the folks at Iris, Chris George and Anne. O'Brien, um, and uh, we started talking about how I might do a project uh, featuring refugees and uh, immigrants. And uh, I continued to look around the city trying to figure out where I could have the exhibit. Uh, the idea of having the exhibit on the green in uh, one of our country's most historic uh, greens, but uh, certainly the most historic area in, in Connecticut. So the, my desire to link the project to history uh, was very important, and, and the, the green played a big role in that. And um, I was introduced to um, the rectors of the different churches, pastors and rectors, uh, and they very uh, quickly grasped onto the concept uh, how this would be an important topic to bring to their congregations' uh, awareness, but also to the community at large. And your vision has been to photograph immigrants and refugees who live in New Haven and then put up their photos, giant 25-foot photos on the walls of the churches in the New Haven Green. Is that right? That's right. Um, so uh, size matters um, in trying to... Uh, draw attention to a topic, uh, to uh, give a sense of um, respect, of, uh, um, of sort of homage to these people. It's uh, Andy Warhol's 15 Minutes of Fame. 
kind of you go up on a building 25 foot tall and you have to feel something pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure your families and neighbors and all feel that same, uh, the same sense of, of pride, um, of belonging, of being accepted. Um, and so to put immigrants, many of whom are not uh, accepted or certainly don't feel that yet, and um, I think that will make a big difference. And these are documented, undocumented refugees. What is talk to talk to me about the range of immigrants that you have photographed? They're all types, uh, okay. young, old, um, almost every region of the world. Uh, they are uh, uh, many are are documented and have been here for years and years, or have just gained uh, citizenship. Um, they are, there are many who are refugees or so are legally sanctioned to be here mm -hmm. and working with an organization like IRIS that is, uh, uh, tremendously beneficial to their integration into daily life. And there are many that are undocumented, uh, and are, um, either, uh, stating proudly their their condition and their status within the country as uh, dreamers and uh, protesting the, the the laws of the land through that um, that status or and there are many who are in the shadows that are hiding they're afraid uh, to be seen they were very courageous um, all of them I think have been very courageous in letting me photograph them um, and uh, the, and I, I think the, the people that I would most like to help uh, through this project are the people that are in the shadows who are afraid to come out of their homes, who are afraid to be seen, they're afraid to say anything out of line in school. Uh, and their, their worldview is shaped in, in such a sort of a demented way. And it certainly isn't how I view our country's uh, way of uh, approaching, uh, approaching people and inspiring a sense of uh, citizenship or, or wanting belonging. How many people have you photographed so far? I've uh, photographed 55. Okay. And uh, I think all 55 are going to be in the exhibit. Beautiful. The largest one is uh, on the Pirelli building. Uh, that's 50 feet by 70 feet, facing I-95. Uh, she's a gorgeous woman holding uh, her baby. She's from the mountains of Guatemala. And uh, she's a, a very courageous person. And that photograph goes up on May 1. That's correct. And then the exhibit launches June 8th on the New Haven Green. Is that right? That's correct. And we want everybody to go out there. At it, what time is the launch? 6 p.m.? 6 p.m. Okay. Tell me, you've, you, um, and I watched you with a few of the folks that we brought to be photographed, um, and, you know, you were constantly engaging with new people and asking them about their stories and quickly learning their immigrant stories. Is there one story that has particularly impacted you of the 55 stories that you've heard recently? Yes, uh, there have been many, many stories of uh, 
um, people escaping with their lives or fleeing a certain death if they were to remain. Um, and I, I think one of the, the story that is uh, most striking is um, in uh, Syria, a, um, uh, a family was working for, actually it was Iraq, I apologize. Um, family was uh, very pro-American, was appreciating the efforts that Americans were making to improve their uh to add some safety and, and stability to their country. Uh, and so the father went to work for the U.S. Army as a translator. Uh, and he did so for several months before uh, his neighbors and others, uh, locals, uh, discovered that he was doing that and were afraid that uh, he might be a spy. Mm. And... Um, so they tried to kill him. Um, they shot his car up, and he survived that and uh, made threats towards his family and his home, and they fled in the middle of the night uh, and uh, spent two years in uh, a refugee camp before finally uh, working their way through that very difficult system to actually becoming refugees. And now they live in New Haven. And now they live in New Haven, and they are spectacular. What do you hope people will come away with after they see this exhibit? Well, I hope the the photographs uh, add a, a, some sense of familiarity um, that these people are uh, no, they don't look like me, but I don't really I'm not afraid of them anymore. Okay. Uh, they are uh, have a sense of um, uh, of a broader community. So I'm hoping to break down barriers. Uh, I'm hoping to add some tolerance uh, for uh, really from everybody's side, some greater understanding. A project, a public art project like this um, does a good job of bringing people together, uh, disparate people through, and that, through those conversations and through those efforts, uh, through town hall meetings or discussion groups. I hope, uh, you know, to break down those barriers. And the exhibit will be up for how long? It comes down August 15th. Okay. So for all of you who are listening, we encourage you, if you live in Connecticut, to head over to New Haven for the opening of We Are a Nation of Immigrants on June 8th at 6 p.m. on the New Haven Green and to come and visit over the summer and get to know, for those of you who are in New Haven, who some of your neighbors are. Um, you're listening to Kika's Corner on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio broadcasts on 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. So, Joe, as we close out today's program, I have a couple of questions for you that I ask all of my guests. The first is um, who your New Haven sheroes or heroes are, if you have any. Let's see. Uh, I have several heroes. I think... Uh... I would start with uh, with Chris George and Anne at uh, uh, up at Iris. They are passionate about uh, their work and um, helping the lives of immigrants. Um, I would say um, uh, Luke Devolder, the rector at Trinity Church, mm-hmm. and uh, 
uh, and certainly Duo Dickinson, who's uh, passionate about uh, bringing this project to life. And I have to add you to the list, I have to say. Uh, you are an, a tireless advocate for your, uh, your community, um, and uh, it is uh, it's, uh, awesome to see. So keep it up. Thank you. What is your favorite New Haven neighborhood and why? Let's see. I haven't uh, gotten to know New Haven, all of New Haven's neighborhoods. Um, I love the river over in Fairhaven. Um, I love the artistic uh, uh, sense of Westville. So there are lots of, lots of parts. I like the restaurants downtown. Um, if you could pick a super a superhero power, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> Only one. Ah, I think I would. Uh, I think I would wave a wand and uh, remove all the hate in people's lives. That's a beautiful thing. And what's your favorite New Haven pizza? Sally's Peppies or Modern? I think I go with Peppies. That's a political question right there, <laughs> Peppies. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you for joining us today on Kika's Corner. A big thanks um, to Harry over there, who's an awesome producer. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, again, mark your calendars now so you can come to the launch of the We Are a Nation of Immigrants Project, June 8th at 6 p.m. at City Hall and then the New Haven Green Until the next time, here's wishing you justice, solidarity, and many days of sunshine. Awesome. That was fun.